live from the internet, it's the Narrative After Show. Bringing you the entire week in review. Now, please welcome tonight's guests and your host, Sarah Shalev. There you go. That's the new after show opening. It's full built in applause and all that for the fabulous Greg Oliar, who's with us tonight, and Rachel Biden, Peter Coffer. How are you guys? They came back for a little extra applause because they liked us so much. Cool. That was our big new open. What did you think? I'm just processing that, Zev. It's going to take me a while. We might have to play it yeah. again. I needed that kind of mellow vibe, a little jazzy, a little happy, throwback to the old days, you know, yeah. when we just kind of thought we were going up Shit's River slowly, and now we're rushing over the falls. Right? We needed a change of pace, I, like I it's thought. It's Niagara in a barrel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I had all these composite pictures of all these fabulous people that come on the show, like yourself, Greg, and Rachel, and I trapped you in the logo so you could never escape. Um, so now when you um, watch it next time, make sure you realize that it's like a kryptonite thing. It's like you're trapped I was going to say, I feel like I am General Zod <laughs> and uh, that's it. You know, <laughs> it was actually a throwback, not to Superman, but a throwback to Spider-Man. But I just, uh, you know, maybe it didn't quite translate, but but I'm, I'm happy yeah. that it's out there. And thank you, Matthew Fosa, for doing another incredible job at uh, firstly voicing that, but also writing that and performing that, which is amazing. So <laughs> multi-talented. The There's nothing he can't do. Nothing he truly, can't do. <laughs> truly nothing he can't do. It's so good to see you, Greg. It's been so long. So I'm just going to let you start because I haven't caught up with you for a long time. So what's going on, buddy? You know, this has been a kind of a crazy week, you know? There's a lot of, I guess, what you would call news that happened <laughs> or didn't happen. I guess it's one of these hurry up and wait kind of things where yep. there's so many smoke signals that it feels like the entire mountain is on fire, but we haven't seen fire yet. And... um I don't know. What I wanted to do is first say hello, Zev. Thanks for having me back on. Rachel, nice to see you and nice to see everybody watching. You know, I want to pull back for a minute. Lately, I've just been thinking about how this time period is going to be looked at, like in the big picture. And, you know, by historians 50 years from now, or let's say there was somebody that came down from a different galaxy and was reporting on stuff that was happening. How would that entity perceive the things that are happening? And What's happening is that we are not living in a democracy. We're living in a rigged, quasi-fascist system right now. And mm -hmm. I don't think that we even kind of realize it, but the last little while, things have gotten really, really bad. And I'm just going to throw out some examples. You know, Mitch McConnell and the Republican senators not allowing the vote on the voting rights thing, mm -hmm. Bill, which is something that literally everyone in the country should want. The voting rights bill was going to make Election Day a holiday. It was going to make it easier to register. It was going to get rid of a lot of the onerous uh, voter ID bullshit that they try to do to screw people. It was going to cut down on wait times and lines. You know, anything that they can do to make voting easier is what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. So anybody that believes in democracy, a, any small D Democrat should be absolutely for this. And not only were we denied the right to vote, we were denied because of their bullshit, let's not do the talking filibuster. They didn't even get to go out there and explain why it is that they were opposed to this. Mm -hmm. We just assume and we know what it is because they don't fucking want everybody to vote because they are fascists. And when you are an unpopular party and your entire platform consists of giving rich people more money and letting everyone else literally die 
because that is the Republican Party platform right now. You know, that's what it is. Rich people get money. Everyone else can literally fucking drop dead, including the people that vote for them. The people that vote Republican, the the non-rich elite people that vote Republican are the ones that they hate the most. That's Mm -hmm. the okay. so that's point one. Mm -hmm. This is a political party. One half of our two party system is just like basically fuck you die. That's their platform, right? Yeah. Wasn't that a Donald Trump Jr. thing? Like, fuck you, dive. Yeah. That is now the platform. And yeah. the media, they still haven't fucking figured this out. It's been five years of this shit. They have not figured out that one party, all they want to do is kill us all. And they just treat it like it's this is a Taleron, you know, whenever that was. That's not what's happening. This is encroaching fascism, and it's fucking here. That's point one. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm the- <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to like guard the joint here, you know? Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. okay. Shout out let's get going. Let me, let me take a sip of my libation before I continue. Well, should I need a week off, dude? Yeah. <laughs> So that's the first thing. Okay, we have an entire political party in the Senate basically saying we're not even going to dignify our position that makes no sense that literally most people in the country don't want with even an explainer. We're going to clap and applaud about it. And the press is just going to bend. They're just not going to do anything about it. They're not going to call it out. They're not going to say how crazy it is that one half of the political system basically wants to end democracy, which is what they basically are trying to do. That's Mm -hmm. point one. Point Can't two. Can't argue with it. Can't okay. argue with that. Yeah. This Ginny Lamp Thomas woman who is batshit <laughs> insane and evil. Okay. She's pro insurrection. That's her thing. And I'm going to say right now, she wears the pants in that family. Okay. Clarence Thomas doesn't even know like how to get to work without her help. That seems pretty clear. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that woman is in charge of that guy on the Supreme Court and he's going to now be an arbiter in any of these cases is insane. And anybody looking at this, uh, my mythical person from planet Krypton, Zev, to continue the <laughs> Superman 2 theme. Yes. Zev Shalev, by the way, sounds like somebody from Krypton. You know, it does? I, I do. It, yeah. I'm actually from it, there. Right? It's, yeah. a Krypton, it's a Krypton name. Yeah, maybe yeah. you are. I don't know. Have you, you can leave small buildings really. in, a, in a single bound. So that's insane. The fact that the Supreme Court can just be completely, you know, captured by these fucking right wing people obviously captured to the point where one of our good senators, Sheldon Whitehouse, is constantly trying to explain to people, hey, guys, the entire Supreme Court has been captured by these dark money forces that, by the way, we're not allowed to know who they even are. And why do they not want us to know who they are? Because they're not, it's not fucking American money. That's why. Okay. I'm going to say that they're all taking foreign money. They're taking money from Russia and China and God knows where else. And until they prove to me that they are not, Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume they're foreign fucking assets. And yep. that's why they don't want us to know where the money comes from. Koch brothers? Nah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's Mogilevich. Who the fuck knows? So that's wrong, too. That's bullshit. That's anti-democratic. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, also, Tucker Carlson, again, the most popular <laughs> host on Fox fucking news, once again, wants to go to Hungary and fluff Viktor Orban. Right. Viktor Orban is a fucking dictator, A, B, he is a bagman for Semyon Mogilevich. He's literally a guy who works for the Russian mob, who's a dictator running a country. And Tucker's like, hello, dictator. Let me get on my knees, dictator, for the Russian mob. Like, 
I don't know how much more obvious it can be who Tucker Carlson, whether he's getting paid or not, who he's working for. Yeah. Because he's doing the work of those people, of his whore masters in Hungary and in Moscow. That's mm-hmm. who the guy is. And if he's doing it, then Rupert Murdoch is too. Okay. Yeah. So we have the entire, this conservative media is run literally right now, as best as we can tell, by forces that are more loyal to the Russian mafia than they are to the democracy that we have here in the United States. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> as if all that wasn't enough, I won't even talk about Putin and the Ukraine business. You can that's take as also- much time as you want to talk about anything you, you know. want. You go right Okay, in. the Ukraine thing is I'm going, and I do have one more after this, but the Ukraine <laughs> thing is ridiculous. They had yeah. nuclear weapons. They were like, we'll give up our nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. You'll yes. protect us, right, United States? And we're like, yes, we will. And then Russia invades Crimea, and we're like, oh, we're going to sanction five people. And now, you know, he's doing this is like sedating land shit. You can't invade a hot and a sovereign nation. You can't fucking do it. And we're just like, well, you know, Tucker Carlson is on TV saying, well, you know, they speak Russian in that area of the fuck you, Tucker Carlson. The guy's a straight up propaganda. So these guys are all, whether they're getting paid for it or what their motives are, I don't know. But they are doing the work of a hostile foreign power right now. Mm. All of them. Okay, mm-hmm. Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, Mitch McConnell, and all those fucking assholes in the Senate that didn't allow a vote on this thing. Ginny fucking Thomas and her idiot husband mm-hmm. and the rest of the captured Supreme Court. They're all dark money forces that have nothing to do with democracy. And finally, this is the last point. This is the thing that really hit me like over the weekend. Right. Yeah. You know, the Electoral College. OK, is such a fucked thing. The Electoral College exists to appease slave states. That's why it's there. Mm-hmm. It is a way to circumvent democracy. It's a way to circumvent the rule of the people. And usually it works out. But the last couple of elections, it kind of hasn't. And it's by design because these fuckers know that they cannot win a popular election because most people don't like them. Most people don't vote Republican <laughs> because the Republicans, again, to go back to the first point, they want us all to die. Okay, that's what they want. And I don't know, most people, thank God in this country, most people are smart enough to realize, hey, the party trying to kill me, I'm going to vote maybe for the other guys, even though I don't like the lady that sent the emails. I'm going to vote for the party anyway. So they're trying now. What happened in 2020 is Trump lost. He got his fucking ass kicked. Seven million fucking votes. That's a lot of people. That is an ass kicking. That is an annihilation. That's not close. It's not a close election. There's nothing stolen. The fact that these lawyers, that these people that belong to a bar association can sit around a table and be like, let's figure out how to lawyer this to make our guy win is Mm. so fucking fascistic, anti-democratic. They should be thrown out of the fucking bar. Anybody that participated in this should never work in law again in this country. How Mm. dare you, John Eastman? How dare you, Rudy Giuliani? How dare you, Boris, whatever the fuck? How dare you sit around and (laughs) contemplate these fascist, anti-American things. You're supposed to be for the Constitution. That's why you're a fucking lawyer. It's Mm -hmm. insane. So this figure from a different planet is going to look at all of this and look at all of us walking around like, well, you know, everything, I don't know, electoral college. And be like, why the fuck are these people not in the street? This is insane. The the will of the people is being subverted by a bunch of old white guys who somehow don't have COVID for some fucking reason. I don't know why. 
Get, get Greg some more kryptonites tonight, please. <laughs> that was good. Well done. Yeah, very, very nice. Yeah, very nice. I really needed that. And I don't feel like anybody that I brought in needed that too, trust me. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're so right on every single thing, except maybe the truth is, you know, it's not just fascist, it's also racist. And maybe some people are just kind of okay with racism. Yeah, no, the same thing. But so maybe some people are secretly not so opposed to more white power for a little bit longer. I mean, that's the only rationale that I can think to even justify this guy who's coming down from out of space. That's maybe the understanding he would get. The only reason. Okay, so here he is with his notebooks like, yeah. oh, okay, so somebody looks slightly different and therefore yeah. you're going to do all the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're going to say, well, you know, different type of a planet. They come from different, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> if they were justifying it that way. But I, <laughs> that's terrible. But you know that's what I mean? Metaphysical shit I you, you got going Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rachel, this is the first time you've heard Greg rant and it's a treat, as you can tell. But uh, do you want to respond to any of that? Yeah. You know, it never just occurred to me to just get on and do like old man yells at cloud and do it well. Oh, yeah, no, we're into that. (laughs) I really fucking needed it, man. I tell you, because, like, I do what you do, but, like, all week and for serious, right? (laughs) I'm like, please, somebody listen to me. Like, we're on fire. The whole fucking thing's on fire. And there's nobody in charge. We have no war room because we have no cabinet, no general, no strategy. No one's in charge. And, like, nope. You know, so like Operation Fire Alarm has been going all week. And yeah, but I mean, you're absolutely right. It's fascist as fuck. I mean, it's happening in plain sight. If anyone lives to write the history books 50 years from mm-hmm. now, Greg, because I've spent about a year now really deep diving, like how these like Democratic or Republican small R, you know, civilizations collapse with a special look at like the few years before the big collapse, the takeover of the seas, right? I wanted to know how, what are these common features? Like, how can you disrupt this thing, right? Mm-hmm. The bad news mm-hmm. is like all of that average fucking person has no idea right so like the key to disrupting it is somehow getting the average person to even fucking know that's happening because they don't even know we've got the half tuned out people and then you got the fox people who are unreachable because their ecosystem is impenetrable right so we've got a five alarm fire 291 days and our biggest hurdle is just getting the our side of the coalition to be as terrified as their side because believe it or not they think they're the good guys they think we're the democracy destroyers they think we stole an election it's all bullshit but they're drinking that jim jones shit pretty solid and they want to kill us right so we have to beat them here and now and they're going to be feeding like emotive shit right into their electorate it's going to be all about clash of the civilizations and we're just going to what go say hey i got you a bridge look at me i'm great well everyone agrees that democracy isn't working completely as it should right now i think there's general agreement around the entire country even for completely different reasons everyone's basically on the same side that yeah the democracy isn't working so that's some point of agreement and maybe we should stop debating democracy and actually just get on with actually doing what we need to do with uh, fixing the country because you know we're not going to fix democracy problem anytime soon the reality of it is they believe what they believe we believe what we believe and it's not worth fighting that fight again i'm sort of tired of fighting it you know we've been fighting it since 20 16 and it's like screaming at nothing it's like you get no response or you get a response that's just you know ludicrous so we should just stop <laughs> debating this thing let's just talk about something else it, and because it, you can't i mean to your point yeah, if you can't burst if a pandemic can't burst the bubble yeah and people 
dying can't burst the bubble. I don't think anything can. What can? I mean, they a hate cataclysmic Biden, event. But... That's what we're trying to head off. A cataclysmic yeah. event. So I realize I, I people are, are like tired and, you know, they don't want to fucking deal with this shit. I get that, dude. But like the fact is this shit's dealing with you. Right. So you can go and tune out. You can say, ah, this shit, I just can't stomach it anymore. I want to go and, you know, I want to go out in the fields and the flowers in the spring, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's fine. And, you know, it's not like when we talk about democracy eroding, we're not looking at probably like some big bang moment. We're looking at things that most people won't notice until it's way too late to ever roll it back into the gate. That is a common feature from that underreaction of all these civilizations. And we are living in this moment. Uh, we've got to think about how can we be living in a reality where a big chunk of the citizenry with all of the things that Greg described actually being factual, real things that are happening, not Glenn Beck weird shit. <laughs> Those are things that are happening. We can all see that, right? And no one's panicking. When we were up in arms like five years ago about fucking emails on a private server. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem right, right? No, like no, there's something it's wrong. Absolutely right? wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah, there's something wrong in the system. I mean, what you're talking about is really the means of, well, there's two things. Firstly, Republicans enjoy liberals getting a rise out of them. They actually, the more Democrats get upset with the Republicans, the more they seem to enjoy themselves. And so we have to fix that little problem because, you know, if it's just giving them joy, they're just going to keep doing it. We need to find a way to undercut that. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it is arresting all their leaders. Maybe it's, you know, it's yes, getting Tucker Carlson off the help. air. Maybe it's knocking Fox News off the air. You know, all these things are contributing to an ecosystem that is making them feel good about what's going on. So, you know, maybe undercutting that is the priority versus getting so angry and mad at them that they're not thinking straight, even though they're not. But the piece that I'm really interested in is, do we have the muscle or the intention to actually fight the fight that we need to do? Like, can we actually get rid of Fox News off the air? We did OAN of Direct TV. That's one little small victory. Can we take all these means of propaganda that are being inflicted on Americans right now and are brainwashing Americans do we have the means and the muscle and the intention, intention? And do we, as Democrats, have a feel that we can actually pull it off? Is there enough feeling around that? Is there enough anger or upset with the Republican Party? Or is the Democrat side just as, as beaten as ever and just not going to give no, up? No, I, I think that there is. I had Ruth Ben-Ghiat, who, you know, mm -hmm. is an expert uh, studying dictators and wrote the book on that. And she said, remember, you know, at the end, I asked her to tell me something hopeful so I didn't go, you know, <laughs> throw myself off a, off a bridge. And she said, look, we're not that far removed from the Black Lives Matter protests, which is the largest protests in terms of the amount of people that participated ever in the history of time. And that energy is still there. And, you know, it's a question of how and what it's going to take to mobilize it or to activate it, because that kind of thing is very, very hard to predict. You don't know when things like that happen. Um, certainly indictments, I think, would be really helpful. That would be great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, part of it is the damn media. Like you have these people hate Joe Biden. They hate him. They're like, fuck Joe Biden or let's go Brandon if they want to be haha mm -hmm. about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like the guy came in and he made it his priority to try to save you from dying. And then he gave you money. What the fuck is he supposed to do? Like, I don't understand. Why do you hate him? And the answer is because they're not getting that information. So I don't know how to, you know, I think the first thing to do is to take those dams, you know, those people need to be brought to justice. Tucker Carlson should not be on the air. I don't understand how you can be on the air propagating like hateful propaganda that's literally coming out of enemy states 
and also, you know, spreading disinformation about the vaccines and stuff and continue mm-hmm. to, that's not protected by free speech. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, I don't think you can do that in Canada. And believe it or not, even though they regulate speech a little bit, regulate guns a little bit, things like that, they still have a lot of freedom. <laughs> right? they, and they're not killing get away each other with it. all yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, I don't think Tucker Carlson could get a broadcaster license and operate at Fox. That entity could operate in one of the other democracies. And that's because lucky for them, they have a different system design. And this caught us first. And it is rooted in race. It's rooted in the end of white dominance, especially white male dominance. Yeah. But think about it. All of the Western European expansion period. It's been, you know, white men in control. And that was never shaken until really seriously until the 1950s. And then you have feminism rolled right into that. And then the gay rights movement rolled right into that. And then you have the Immigration and Naturalization Act of 65, which opened up immigration for the first time to brown countries, mm. right? Mm. And you can see, like, when you were saying, Zev, like, why do they see, they, why do they feel so, pr- they actually, like, are pressured. And it is, I'm never excusing anyone's behavior, but one thing to keep in mind about conservative voters, Republican voters, these Fox people, the extended family that you are trying to keep from dying, like, they're victims of a targeted coordinated multi-billion dollar propaganda psychopoly. (laughs) It's not like people like to talk about our politics becoming divisive or Mm. it got so toxic. That's not what happened at all. It was intentionally made so by the system of all this money that we've talked about. And that's why there's such a difference. For the first time ever now, though, we're double dipping into Russia, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the new element. So we're really compromising American security, American foreign policy, our alliances with NATO. Uh, Yeah, it's a mess. You know, it's such two important points there. Firstly, the one about Russia is so critical because, you know, the same dude that we're about to go to war against, the same dude that everyone says, you know, joining NATO and protecting the world from is the same dude who gave us the Republican Party as we know it today. It's the same dude that gave us Donald Trump that half the country wants to reelect. I don't think they see that. I wonder if they do. Do you think they see that? Do you think that that is apparent to everybody? When they're all there is no things. logic. There's no logical consistency with any of their positions. They just do what they're fucking told. Like you said, you know, most of them are victims of military grade psyop, mm-hmm. and their brains are broken. They are they are effectively mm-hmm. zombies. They're Fox News zombies. And Tucker Carlson could come on and say, you know, this thing to cure COVID, and then the next day say, no, no, that thing's poison, and they won't be able to understand or think critically to be able to get out of it. A lot of them, which is the which is yeah, the purpose. Yeah. Of the I mean, it's, there's of course exceptions to every rule, right? I mean, this is a huge problem. And once somebody has like uh, kind of invested themselves emotionally Mm -hmm. like that, you know, you get these psychological biases. So as he just said, doesn't matter what you present them, you could do almost anything except for a personal, like, you know, their spouse dying in the ICU. Anything else is not going to break that information bubble because they Mm -hmm. just can't trust information from anyone but an influencer. And so, you know, all these people dying without vaccine, it's because these Republican influencers, if they were out there in full force saying, get the vaccine, it will save your life. This is a deadly thing, right? It would have a massive impact on behavior. And that's, you know, it's a complex problem, but you're right. It is a problem. If you can't, you have to find a way to get that audience some kind of exposure though, 
and also work around these biases I just described. And I'd go into more detail, but damn it, if people want to know about that, then they got to hire me in my strategic plan. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, you, another thing you mentioned was about money. And, you know, you mentioned power, but really it's about money. Most of these people are really pulling the strings of this whole movement are, you know, they're just in it for the cash. They really aren't, they don't care about uh, whether it's racist or not, or whatever the policies are being implemented. Maybe they do, but it's not their core beliefs. What they really want is to be greedy and get as much resources as they possibly can so they can rule the rest of us. I mean, that is basically the desire of this movement, of this global autocracy movement. It's not, it's ideologies are kind of very thin at the end of the day. They're just using racism as a way to get people to fight with each other, I guess, to separate us, to divide us. Yeah, it's all, and it's always been that. that. That's always the yeah. strategy. <laughs> so, because I'll, I'll, we all, you know, it's the only way they can do it. The very few of them. And if everyone wakes up and realizes that they're just stealing our fucking money, mm. we're going to band together and go get the money. <laughs> right. And it's not going to be nice for them. So we should you expose know, that. That's just, yeah. So they have to create these cults about how, oh, it's Elon Musk is so smart. He's so mm. brilliant. Ugh. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg is, ugh. you know, we're supposed to believe in this like cult of personality about some of these assholes. So speaking about um, who going can't and function them. in society, you know, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg has to make his thing that looks like it was designed by a fifth grader in 1985. I don't want a part of that. I'm not going in there. It's stupid, man. Yeah. Speaking of taking their money, because that would be a nice thing to do. These guys actually had the worst week ever this week, <laughs> in my opinion. And, you know, and I guess it goes mostly worse for Ivanka Trump, who really had the worst week ever. Because twice this week, she got into a bit of trouble. So the New York Attorney General, as you know, Letitia James has her eyes on both the Trump kids, all three Trump kids, but really Eric does nothing. So it's about Don Jr. and about Ivanka. And, you know, when you actually read the entire document that she detailed, it's kind of fascinating. It's, a, I think, about a billion dollars worth of fraud that they're talking about, which is a significant amount of money. I couldn't believe it when I actually, you know, I'm terrible at math, but the little bit I could do, it looked a little like this. So you have... You know, these are just four properties that they basically fudged the numbers on. So the Trump Towers Park Avenue was overvalued by $245 million. The Aberdeen Golf Course overvalued by $300 million. The uh, Seven Springs Golf Course overvalued by $200 million. The triplex that Trump lived in in the Trump Tower overvalued by $200 million. And then there's a lot more. And it adds up to about a billion dollar scheme, which is a stunning amount of money to be lying about because it's, uh, you know, frankly, if you ask me, it looks a lot like a money laundering scheme because the way it works, as she details in her very, very good press release, which is just a press release, it's not even an indictment. But basically, you had Don Jr. certifying statements and using inflated figures to certify the statement. So that all these properties that have these inflated values, he's signing off on those. He's got all these people agreeing that that's what they're worth and assessing that that's their value. And then he signs it off on that value. Then in comes Ivanka Trump, of all people, and she is the primary conduit to Deutsche Bank. And, you know, we have been trying to figure out for the longest time, what exactly is Deutsche Bank's problem? Why do they keep giving the Trump family, why, I love your dog, why do they keep giving the Trump family all this money? And your dog wants to know, what's his name again? 
Oh, yeah. I've just got a total chaos, like mom moment here. Like, son entered the room, oh, okay. two dogs, and it's going to oh, be like, two ah, dogs. shit. Everyone wants to know. The dog is not like Ivanka. I think that, that's it. They're getting mad at these you trucks. Just keep, you know? you just that's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the anger about Ivanka. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ivanka, who is, you know, we've been wondering why is the Deutsche Bank giving all this money to the Trumps all these years? And maybe there's political reasons. Maybe it's Russia, which is involved with Deutsche Bank. Maybe it's the Israelis, which are involved. Deutsche Bank, who knows? They Ivanka did all this negotiation. So she's the one who had the primary contact with Deutsche Bank, meaning she was signing off on all the loans that they were asking. So they have these overinflated figures, and then they're going to these banks and they're saying, Look at what great we're doing. Can we please loan money against all of this? So then we can go do more stuff, like, you know, maybe buy new properties. But really, what they were doing was paying their expenses and paying off their loans from the same companies. So it's basically a laundromat of sorts. It's a money laundering scheme that they were involved in that it looks like a billion dollars worth of money laundering, as far as I can tell. You know, you've got them both falsifying properties and the value of properties and services, and then using those valuations to get new loans in order to create a constant supply of dirty dollars, which is basically what they did. Could be that, you know, famous story of Donald Trump telling Ivanka that we're finding a going past a homeless person on the street and she having some sympathy for him. And he said, we're worth less than they are, he is or something like that. That could be true that the Trumps are actually worth a lot less than the average homeless person because there is so much debt. And all they've been doing is cycling this dirty money in and out through the Deutsche Bank and through their false valuations of these buildings is how they've been able to do that. Uh, you know, that's kind of interesting. That looks damning to me, that whole bit of information she has. She has good gathered. I think Letitia James might be the person who actually brings them down. And it'll be good, I think, if somebody does. Specifically, I mean, if it's a black woman who does it, I think I'll enjoy that extra more. I would love for it to happen. My concern is that this is about math and people don't understand math. And obviously an indictment is an indictment, but something like that that is complicated and hard for people to understand maybe it's like lying to your credit card company I yeah mean, and and probably a lot of people are going to be like ah so what the part that's going to make sense is you know to lie I mean, to get money to then buy into other things i think maybe if things come out of this that demonstrate that he's broke and mm -hmm. has always been broke, and that he's been living on credit. He's basically doing a balanced transfer dance uh, and has been for decades. On a large um, scale, yeah. Maybe if that's basically, you know, incontrovertible evidence of that, maybe that punctures some of the mystique of him as being this rich guy, maybe. But yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like this is uh, emotionally like, oh, yeah, we're getting, you know, it's again, I'm happy that they're doing it. I want him to go to jail all of that stuff. I just worry that this is going to be written off or seen by their side as, oh, they're just, you know, they're nitpicking. They're trying to find some little thing to hang oh, him all right. on. They're, they're going to no write off the whole insurrection, the whole coup yeah. plot. Well, I know. We, we can know. have them. They're, these, I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> long term right. yeah. So like, I got to see the world triage 22 november 8th and back right we have an opportunity because there's a wildfire and maybe we can stem it out but then we got climate change and <laughs> climate change problems extend to stuff like that i mean that's it's ludicrous think about the dude was stealing millions billions of yeah. dollars you know and speaking on behalf of former broke people everywhere <laughs> you know whatever it's like, dude, I you know I haven't even replaced my tags on my car yet. They've been expired for like three months because I'm just I'm like, you know, if, if I get pulled over, I'll be like, dude, 
Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner and these motherfuckers are committing crimes like in broad daylight. Arrest me. I'd love to turn this into a news story. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just not going to, you know, like, I don't care. Anymore. We're not going to get no... shocked by anything anymore. We're so numb because we've been through this I mean, like, this there's nightmare. no white collar law. What are you yeah. talking about? You can fucking embezzle over and over a billion dollars. And then, like, Greg's underwhelmed, too, you know, because he's <laughs> drunk. Like, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I don't know. I'm doing my best here to cheer you guys up, but I can't even get that. You have to prove you know. that you meant to violate a lot of these white-collar laws. They would be shocked because in the lower-class criminal code, right, mm. intent doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. If you get caught with something that's illegal, you're just fucked. Right. Yeah, so fucked. like, you don't get a, you know, get a second I mean, chances. To me, hell no. I want their asses deals. dragged in by the Manhattan DA, indicted. I want those books fucking. I want the public record. I mean, it should require Joe. They got people serving six months, eight months, a year, oh, two yeah. years for stolen checks. Fuck yeah, that. exactly. I think this is a bigger deal than people realize. And even though we're so like bored of the endless amounts of things that Trump may get arrested for, I actually think this one is legit because it's a state law. So it's not coming out of federal laws. And he does seem to be able to have some way to wiggle around the federal legal system. So because it's coming from New York state, there is very likely a prosecution that's going to happen. I mean, she's laid it out pretty clearly. They're going to have to testify. There's a district attorney that's doing these, an investigation parallel to hers. I just think that this could be a thing. You know, I would dismiss it too much. And then I'd also say that this led to them cheating on their taxes. Then also undervalued everything when they were paying their taxes. So they basically got away without paying taxes for all of this all along. And that is, you know, you're not allowed to do that apparently, even if you're a billionaire. Yeah, you can't lie on your income. Yeah. You know, again, don't get me wrong. If this works out and they indict them, if for no other reason, then he can't run, right? I mean, let's disqualify these fuckers from running. And Therefore, and fundraising then. If he can't run, he can't fundraise. And if yeah. he can't fundraise, he's fucked. Because I think that that's, yeah. he's just using the money to live, I think. At this yeah, point. well, he's got all these assets he's, that he's got to pay for, all these loans. He doesn't loans. Even live anywhere. He's no like, squatting at his golf course. He's not even allowed to live at Mar-a-Lago, technically, <laughs> but he's there anyway. You know, what are he's they going to so, do? He's him? a squatter <laughs> loser, dude. I can't wait to see it all exposed, too. It's going to be great, you know? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it frustrates the hell out of me that, like, this dude, this con dude, because con man's rolling around NYC for 30 years, like just, you know, obviously a criminal guy. And it just sucks that like the white collar system is so blind to that, that he was allowed to fester like cancer and then come infect the whole fucking country. Right? I think the entire country yeah. is convinced that it's okay to be a criminal. Maybe it's good to be doing crime. I don't know. They say that's. You kind of get that feeling. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm. Uh, I, it's I get all part of why? Because you do it, and it's easy, and you make millions of dollars, and there's no consequences. Yeah, yeah, it's made probably. Why. <laughs> yeah, it's you probably. Why. Great. You want to get rich? You, you want to get famous? Prime. Care about any of this shit? All you got to do is make them about Democrats, and then all of this shit would be the biggest deal ever. Right, it's true. It's, it's true. just it's all partisanship. Even for those independents who are latent partisans, most of them, it's just about party. Which is an interesting point because it, let's talk about pivoting so the biden administration i guess they tried to do a pivot this week i don't know what that was it's you know i don't think they've got a bad story to tell i think their story is amazing i've said it the other day i think they've done an incredible job i think joe biden is a miracle president that this country is desperately needed but you know it's not resonating as well in the masses out there or with the masses so rachel what's going on you're the expert on messaging here tell us what's 
What should we, what, did this work for them? Are they onto something? Is it going to work? What should they do better? Well, you know, I mean, they're locked. They're here because they're not here by accident. They made strategic choices that put them here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And those were based on whatever advice, best advice. And that mm -hmm. was, you know, if you are too aggressive about pointing out, you're not facing an honest opposition. Mm -hmm. How will you get that opposition to do anything with you? Right. And mm -hmm. Biden had dreams of infrastructure and build back better and he got infrastructure you know i mean I, so like it is a complicated dance for for mm. biden i mean it's a complex decision to make because as you pursue each of those two goals you're compromising the other but i would have advised from the very beginning from the inauguration on to define expectations very low for mm at least manage the shit you can manage, which is your own side, right? Mm -hmm. And instead, like there was just this like, I have no idea and I don't even know which answer would be worse. Naivety that they could do all this shit when they knew Joe Manchin at the, I mean, Cinema aside, okay? Cinema's like a wild card and she's, boom. but just put her aside because at the end of the day, you still have Manchin. The dude comes from a Trump plus 35 state, okay? <laughs> He's a Democrat that faces a Republican electorate, not a Democratic electorate. So right. that's what his electoral calculation is. Mm. And, you know, why didn't you start to roll? I mean, you can't come right out of the election gate and say, everything I said, not going to be able to do it, right? Yeah. But you got to let people down. And I don't know... Like, I don't know why they didn't manage expectations, especially once it became clear that they weren't going to get this honest dance that Biden wanted out of McConnell, you know? So yeah. to me, that was a strategic mistake. It was advised, you know, for those reasons. And, you know, that's this probably conventional wisdom. But to me, it was never going to happen. They were never going to cooperate because what they ha are doing right now, like McConnell and McCarthy are probably right now having a martini and they're like sh clinking glasses because this is the week we found out that all their shit worked, right? Yeah. Democrats are pissed at Biden. Moderates are pissed at Biden and Republicans, of course, still hate him. And, you know, they come into 22 with the one thing they need, which is a public that doesn't know shit about what's going on, except for Joe Biden sucks. He's not getting rid of COVID and there's inflation, right? That's at the end of the day, what our big problem is from that strategy. They really need I, uh, yeah. to use the bully pulpit and rally a referendum effect against the opposition party or we're all going to die. Yeah, they were governing huge majority landslide <laughs> party, but they didn't have it. They just Thanks, had, Greg. Um, I was like, God, is my comedian? The, the, no, that was good. It was good. I, I liked that. I was laughing. Oh, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. It's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. When the punchline is, you're all going to die. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, yeah, yeah. No, can I push back on one thing though? And because yeah. I agree with everything you said, but the whole thing about Joe Manchin, the the policies that Biden that are in those bills hold really, really high in West Virginia, mm -hmm. and part of his job as the representative for, there to represent his mm -hmm. state is to sell yeah, things that are good for his great. constituents. And he failed to do that. I don't buy that for a second. About him. I think that's an excuse. I think that that motherfucker with his yacht and his Maserati. You know, he's a whore. That's all. He's just for the attention and everything. He's an ugly man physically, and he wants the cameras on him for some reason because he just wants to break lenses. I don't understand it, but I don't think that he's ever been above board. He's always been, you know, which is also your point. You're not going to be able to work with that guy. Rachel, what do you think about cinema? Because I think she's legitimately like... That's what I think. Yeah, That's yeah, no, I, I mean, you, I, so my thing is strategy. That's what I do, like, 24 hours a day, study it, dissect it, invent it, whatever, right? 
And when you can't identify someone's motivation, that's usually bad, right? Like there's something <laughs> going on there. <laughs> right? And, yes, you yes. know, as Cinema is like now seeing in her polling data, if like apparently no one ever explained this to her, if you're a member of one party in a swing state and you want to get maybe some of the uh, conversion voters to vote for you, you still have to be a member of the party that you're in. Well, you know what I mean? Like if you don't do yeah, that part, you like <laughs> get in trouble. And like her approval, dude, is eight points in, in uh, Arizona among Democrats right now. And I got to tell you, I'm going to mention this. I'm terrified because I think there's a chance that she might jump, you know, because who knows? Like she, I don't think she ever said anything. I don't think she ever had a plan for any of this. I, so I'm going to push honestly. back on that because I think that out of Arizona today, there was two stories that were interesting. One is that there's a real movement by her and her people to run for president. And she's seriously considering this and it might seem ludicrous to us, but, you know, she's not going to win the Senate seat. So maybe it's not a bad idea if she's going to do that. And she is a pretty centrist figure. So maybe there's a path there for her. I'm just putting it out there. I honestly think that I would get more votes than her, Zev. But that is honestly what's going on in her brain. And that is what's going on legitimately in Arizona in terms of what people are saying she is currently doing is preparing for a run for president. Rachel, what do you think of that? One thing she is definitely not doing is behaving like 99.9% of elected officials everywhere, Mm. which is to (laughs) single-mindedly seek and maximize re-election, right? Right. You know, nothing that she did was strategically wise. And you really can see, it's really hard to ignore it because Mark Kelly, of course, is in the same state and doing the exact opposite thing. And, you know, he's- Maybe she doesn't want to be a losing, you know, a senator in a lame duck Senate and maybe- Maybe she thinks she's got a better chance of being president. I mean, I think it's ludicrous, obviously. I don't think she's... Oh, yeah. If Biden doesn't run, then we should expect another 20-person shit show on the Democratic side. Yeah. If Harris runs, she'll be the front runner because she'll be, I mean, basically, Warren can't run. Sanders is going to be too old and neither of them have any, nobody else has any national name ID. So definitely Harris is going to have an edge on that. Mm -hmm. Most people will be like, who? (laughs) Or does she run for the Republicans? All the way through the primary, all the way through. They'll never know who like 19 of these people are, you know? Could you run for the Republicans? If if Biden has a heartbeat, he's running for real. There's no way he's true. That's what I'm saying. I I don't know why, you know, when you think about these rumors, right, that's conditioned on this idea that Biden's not going to run, which a lot of people are of that for some reason. I I mean, I don't know why people would think that. Like, who would not run for president a second time, dude, if you spent your whole life trying to get there? If you're physically capable, and he is, you know, a thousand percent fully functional physically yeah, at that point then he can retire he can serve another year and then hand the keys to kamala and then single-handedly have created the first woman president which i think is something he would do yeah i think he would yeah. want that yeah I and then so. she can run so. as an incumbent you know hmm, interesting don't um, spread it i don't want the republicans to get yeah, wind of it it's just friday nights no one no one listens to us so the yeah. uh the bunch of things that people are saying online i should uh someone said something really interesting here that Powell, Sydney Powell is cooperating, says Matt Fauser again. But that's interesting. I'm having trouble with my comments here, so I may not be able to take them to air. But that's what he, uh, that was, I haven't heard that from anywhere else, but I'll take your word for it, Matt. And does it matter if Sydney Powell is cooperating? Um, I hope so. Maybe to set up Trump. I mean, if they're trying to find Trump, and is she cooperating with 
committee or not with the feds? Presumably the committee. That'd be interesting. She's cooperating with three of the voices in her head. <laughs> Just which Sydney Bell, yes. Well, we all know she's cooperating with Putin, right? <laughs> Everybody. Uh, and Chavez. Zev et al., do you see any sign that the Democratic messaging is getting tougher or headed in that direction that you discussed in a previous episode? I don't know what that necessarily means, but it's getting tougher. Or headed in that direction. Democrats getting tougher. Are they being tougher in the way that I think a little bit tougher? So. Biden may, is made for this moment, says one person. Uh, there's uh, Stacey saying that. And they're trying to Hillary him, says Jennifer Griffin, which is interesting. And one more here. I think Biden is the Jimmy Carter of the century. Uh, and Jimmy Carter was the best president since JFK. Well, that's good. That's a good turn you made there. Yeah, he's Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. It's a very important. No, because usually when you say it's a Jimmy Carter of the century, that's a dig. It, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. And I was going to turn Not it a into a counterattack. So <laughs> save me the time. No, I'm not. Carter, you know, decent president. But here's one thing I want to jump in, though, on that. They are going to Carter his ass, right? It's going to be inflation and mm. hey, white people, they want to make your kid feel guilty about being white, right? And we've got to get tough and we've got to get tough fast because otherwise we're going to lose against that message. All right, go on. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else I got here. Sorry, to kind of catch up with everyone here. There's so many messages. You're onto something with a more groundswell. We'd be willing to chat more about it. Okay, how to build strategies. But we got that right from Matt earlier on. Uh, Threats to cancel our cable subscriptions was Matt's idea. Yeah, that's basically it. A couple more because there's so many messages with getting to them. Uh, so Upstate Pharma says the real interaction here is satisfying my need for personal interaction. So thank you, everybody. That's nice. Supposedly, Andrea says, and I don't know if this is true either. And do we care? Trump Jr. and Kimberly are engaged, which is interesting. I wonder if that's true. I wonder why. Maybe because they, they, need, they don't well, want Well, listen, they need to be because they need to have immunity not to testify. That's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to testify. I'm sure that's what it is. Probably. Oh, but I'm, I fucking guarantee you that's what it is, right? It's gotta be that. Oh, shit, we better yeah. get married. How the we... heck was she married also to Gavin Newsom? It makes heck? no sense to me. It's very Wait, strange. What? She was what? married to Kevin Newsom what? way back when. Which I don't know what that tells you more about her or Gavin Newsom or Donald no, Trump Jr. I don't know. It's, it's very, very that's strange. Weird. She has Whoa, a yeah, she wears drag, dark man. That's a clockwork orange and shit, dude. Is. We are living in the simulation, Rachel. That's what it is. You know? She's obviously very interested in being the first lady. I think that's uh, the thing about her, which would make you not want to marry her. first lady to do a line of cocaine and Don Jr.'s path. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, she wasn't uh, first, Greg. Come on. <laughs> she's not, not the first. The first first lady, maybe. But still. Sure it was Melania or somebody, you know. <laughs> well, who else? You know, Mrs. Bush wasn't always was always a little bit spacey when you talk to her, I was used to find. Um, was it Laura Bush, right? First time I, I met her, she was pretty out there. She's, she was on some pills or something. She was not uh, totally present, but I mean, maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she had a headache or something. So it probably has happened that previous first ladies have indulged in things they shouldn't have in the White House. All right. Uh, what else we got? You guys got anything else? Did I have to fucking cook my brain to be able to be married to Donald Trump? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> Donald Trump Jr. in particular. He's going to run that guy, Donald Trump Jr. He's going to be there oh, on yes. the tickets. You know, it'll be. You guys all know. I mean, just you, you heard, him and cinema. Told all the evangelicals that that turning the other cheek is for suckers. I mean, he yeah. like literally <laughs> said that to them. Yeah. yeah. What has Christ given us? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, it was something, man. And they, you know oh. what? They're going to be like, that's okay because partisanship is now stronger. Ask Mitt Romney. He's learning this shit over in the Mormon church because the Mormon church wanted to vaccinate people and not let them die because that's the moral thing to do. But the yeah. Utah Republican politics, which crosses over there. Yeah, check out Utah. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Um, so before we go, I want to hear everything about Prevail. And you have to explain the tennis to me as well, uh, Greg. But but let's start about uh, your incredible podcast, Prevail. And everyone who is not yet subscribed to Prevail needs to subscribe to it or follow it wherever you are. What was on today? I haven't had a chance. So. I've got Gal Suburban. She was on your oh. show. I think I recorded my interview with her before she was on your show. You, though, it's but, true. You did. But yours, was, but yours, you know, broadcast first. So, you know. Well, ours was also a news related. We've been working on this investigation for a while. So it was sort of, it was not intentionally trying to scoop you, of course, because it's impossible. I'm just, I'm just, te I'm just teasing. But, uh, She's great anyway. And she should yeah. be on the shows because she I knows really a lot it. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we just went through a deep dive about all things Matt Gates and the Florida swamp creatures because so the good stuff that's that. going on in Florida is just with, with this Joel Greenberg thing is just insane. I mean, the, the strands that coalesce, I mean, it's got everything. It's, it's like um, the Stefan sketch on SNL, you know, it's, yeah. Florida's got everything. It's got crypto named after like Whole Foods and it's got like, you know, legalized marijuana and Roger Stone and Venmo for ass and um, oil spills <laughs> and Rosneft. It's crazy. It's, it's an incredible so story. Incredible. Is he going to go to jail? And a whole bunch of dead Is DeSantis he... constituents. Yeah. 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 Sadly, yeah. I but think, he's... yes. I think wow. he's fucked. I think he, I mean, according to some of the things that are coming out, I mean, he, through Greenberg, paid underage women for, I mean, you can't, you know, do that. I mean, that's well, very, wait, very bad. It's underage prostitution. I mean, again, that's Are you alleged. Saying that's alleged. No, no, not DeSantis. Not DeSantis. Gates oh, okay. No, I'm talking about Ooh, Gates. DeSantis, like the hope is that whatever happens, however this explodes in Florida, will be so bad and toxic that it hits DeSantis in some way. Because yes. those guys all know each other. Yeah. Gates was helped him campaign. He was on the transition team. He knew Joel Greenberg other characters involved with it also. And now you have Roger Stone sort of throwing DeSantis under the bus and saying, Trump is great. DeSantis is a fraud, whatever he, yeah, he what said. A fight that um, is but maybe Roger Stone is trying to create distance between DeSantis and Trump almost as a preemptive strike because he knows what's coming. That's mm -hmm. the theory. So who knows? I mean, we'll see. But what they did is bad stuff. I mean, they did bad things. So they sure did. Um, I, I think Matt, Matt in the fact that, that everyone should give that a listen. That sounds like a really compelling podcast. I like it that you took it in a deep dive like that. There's so much shit going on. I can't keep up with it all, Greg. So next time I'm listening to a pod, I'm definitely going to listen to yours. Greg's is really good because he really does go deep into topics and it's fun. It's a good listen. It's not hard to listen to. It's very entertaining. Uh, and Gal's terrific. Gal Suburban. And I'm really interested in DeSantis as well just from another perspective did you see that he put out a proposal that he was going to cut the number of districts with a majority black uh, voters and in half the number of he's actually going to do that that's at least his proposal that's crazy that's crazy apartheid stuff it's insane I can't believe well, that's, he's a police force <laughs> for elections dude unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> and 
Rick, no, and, yeah, no one does fascism better actually than Ron DeSantis because yeah. unlike Trump, he's not functionally stupid. You know yes, what I mean? And yeah. he's like in control of his psyche. So he's far more dangerous than far, Donald yeah, Trump could ever be. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Greg, people and, can subscribe uh, on any of the podcast services, but also they can go to your Prevail site, which is... Uh, yeah, on Substack. On Substack, Substack you can yeah. subscribe there right. too. Yeah. Okay. I right. write Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. And it's all good times. Rachel, you should sign up. It's a good one. Uh, and oh, Rachel, great. where can people find you? Uh, I know you tell people about your pack and about the incredible work you're doing in terms of uh, shifting the message and advertising for this election and next election. Yeah, no, yeah, not just the messaging, the whole lift, right? So, mm-hmm. like, right now I'm running Operation Fire Alarm, which is just to remind people <laughs> as a political scientist that's got a lot of training and a person that, you know, everyone wanted to believe in 2018 when I said, hey, guess what? There's this thing called the midterm effect. It's fundamental. And there's this thing mm-hmm. that's negative partisanship, and everyone's going to be super jazzed. I'm going to show up and win a bunch of shit. Well, now it's the opposite, Greg. So, yes. I think a lot has changed since that Black Lives matter moment in the Mm -hmm. summer Mm -hmm. and the main thing is the person that sits their butt in the oval office that's the thing that has changed and unfortunately for us not people on this show obviously or even on our twitter timelines but there are many millions who rolled back out of paying attention to politics and they have really no idea that we're in this crisis at all so our job now is to find them make them terrified of Republicans taking over and uh, try to mobilize every person we can independent that will cast a ballot for Democrat all the way down to Democrat to the polls. Because otherwise, November is going to be a landslide. Do you think it's going to be a landslide for the Republicans or? Oh, dude, right now? Yeah, yeah. listen, I mean, I don't bullshit people, right? Which mm. is why <laughs> we can't bullshit because yeah. like we need to know the truth. The time for bullshitting has passed. It's been 50 years. They built Alec, that um, model build factory. Mm. They built that shit 50 years ago. It's been rolling out for 20 fucking years, dude. Mm. We haven't done anything. No Latino infrastructure, nothing. So I'm on five alarm fire because, I, I, you know, when I set out to build Strike Pack, I thought, oh, they need help with messaging. And I understood more than the layperson how much they're targeting in the voter file and voter behavior was antiquated and not what the GOP was doing, but I had no idea that like, there's no one to call, right? So like, imagine your house is burning, Mm -hmm. you know, it's on fire, Mm -hmm. but there's no one to call that like, you know, at the top, there's no top to the tent Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to tell people. So that's what I'm running right now is operation fire alarm. Hey, we are on track to lose about 25 seats in the house. We'll know that changes because the generic ballot will change. If right. the generic ballot doesn't change, that's not changing. Okay? <laughs> and it doesn't matter if we have good candidates here and there or whatever. That's the fundamental that we're going to be fighting that we all loved in 2018. Mm-hmm. And now we have to accept Israel. And therefore, we have plenty of time. We've got a great strategic plan. We've got all the shit we need built already. We just got to deploy it in the right way. And we can have a chance to head off this midterm effect, but our strategy, it can't be what it is now. It has to be centralized. It has to be focused on that midterm narrative, making people think and feel and fear the Republican party. And it's a really heavy lift, but it's something that we've got to try to do. So how are we going to tell everyone the strategy? Are you going to come on the show and tell everyone or uh, how do people know what, what to do? Yeah, no, I mean, right now, like, uh, you know, what I've been telling people is I've got a lot of eggs in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just trying to make sure that the fire alarm gets rung early enough and severe enough, right? Mm-hmm. Because in Virginia, I was afraid about the same 
problem, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to get this midterm effect. People get so comfortable, though, in those years that Trump was in office, you have a system and it works. Mm -hmm. And so, like, why would you change the system, right? It's been working. And I'm like, well, because that system needed this catalyst event of being the out party. And you have to really kind of go to an effort to recreate that because they have a, a system that's based on that now, right? And so, you know, we, the thing that worked for you in 2018 or 2020 is not going to work now. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is people just can't make that transition. They, It's so funny because we say we love data and science and reality, mm -hmm. but we do a really good job of ostriching like the reality of electoral politics and what the GOP is doing to us when we're conditioning how to do our own electioneering. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a real strategic problem. So we've, but we've got time to stop it. And that's what I spend all day trying to do. I hope we have time. It seems like we're it's, it's a little short on time, but I hear you. And I'm glad someone like you is thinking about it. Any last thoughts for there's either two, of you tonight? Yeah. There's two things, though. There's two things. Yeah. Everything that Rachel said is true, because it's definitely a five-alarm fire, and yeah. we're going to be very fucked if we don't take this seriously. However, just to interject a little bit of hopefulness at the end of the show here, <laughs> uh, two things. First, yeah. there's a very good chance that by the summertime, you know, God willing and the crick don't rise, the COVID numbers are going to be down again. I agree with you. People yeah. are going to start to be able to live and take off their masks and go to concerts and go to shows and go to sporting events and go out and it's going to be fun. Maybe some of the infrastructure stuff is going to start, you know, happening. So there's going to be some effect of that that will be seen. And we're going to have testimony on the J6 commission. Yeah. And we don't, that's a big wild card because we yeah. don't know. They might spend all summer and fall parading these assholes in front of TV every night drilling home the message that the Republicans oh, are yeah. bad I mean, and Hopefully fascists. they will, but and, we have um, to be able to serve that up, you know? Like if they yeah, serve us do. a ball, we have to hit the ball, right? Yeah. And right Amen. now I'm telling you, there's nobody to hit the ball. There's no one standing at the plate. <laughs> right. All I have to offer you Well, there you is... go. That's hopeful. Give us some Churchill. <laughs> what is it? Churchill saying over there? Oh, like you can't so see it. Shiny. Hang on, let me try to put you on a... He says... I've got nothing to offer but blood, sweat, tears, or blood, toil, tears, and sweat, right? Ah. And it's from World War II because, like, Churchill, his approach was, hey, guys, guess what? Five alarm fire, all hands on deck. You think shit's bad now? Wait for it. We better get our ass in gear. <laughs> That's a great way to end the show. Thank you, Churchill. Thank you, Rachel Bittercoffer. And thank you, Greg Oliar. It's so good to see both of you. We'll be back on you Tuesday too. on Narrative. Thank you very much for being here this weekend, this week, and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. You too can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative.